గౌరి ప్రేమనుంది learn how to play nicely that uh, beat uh, Chittahari put it up on the Saragrahi site. Have you seen it? Uh, go to the Saragrahi site. You should be able to find it there. I think it's saragrahi.com or .org something like that. Lesson on how to do that. Beat if you can follow. He's really done it nicely there. So, good evening, gentlemen. Any questions tonight? So, since you've been talking so much about relationship, you know, I've been some people who are human birth or not human birth, but relationship. Many people are not talking about Well, the human birth uh, is, facilitates... Um, Uh, God realization or um, uh, exercising one's will hmm? inherited in the jiva is the capacity to uh, uh, make choices be an agent of action hmm? and um, uh, forge some self-determination if that were not the case then the laws of karma would make no sense because it's instructed on the karma mark that you shouldn't do this and you should do that so you have to have some will to be able to choose I'll do this and I won't do that hmm? and uh, that potential in the atma hmm, it surfaces in the human form of life which is uh, less driven and preoccupied by the demands of the senses hmm? um, and the struggle uh, for existence so it's kind of at the top of the ladder if you will and uh, if uh, if material life, embodied life for the jivatma was to be compared to a jail sentence and human life would be like probation you're on probation so uh, you you have a good opportunity and uh, then what that opportunity is is that you have the opportunity to choose to pursue uh, spiritual life that choice is not available in a less complex form of life and they're too preoccupied given that conditioning the atma is too preoccupied with the immediate demands of the, uh, the body their intelligence is not as developed and so on so on and so forth but neither are they responsible for things that they do hmm. um we think of the less complex forms of life more or less as uh, reactions to um, abuse of the human form of life which is suited for a higher purpose uh, but is not taken advantage of by everyone that has it so uh, we may get some freedom with it comes some responsibility um, but also it can be abused so that's what we find readily it's our experience that people abuse the opportunity of human life and some of them live like animals hmm? um, some of them don't live like animals but at the same time they don't uh, use their they don't appear to, uh, to live like animals but uh, they don't use their intelligence which is more developed in the human form of life to do anything more than what the animals are doing with without the need of it, that higher intelligence. Do you understand? They are, in other words, in the animal life, they're pursuing the, the, the eating, let's say, to use proper example, sleeping, nidraharakati, uh, what is it, uh, the Gita says, anyway, sleep, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. Basic 
drives and um, and and so uh, they're meeting them very readily for example uh, uh, animals know what to eat they know what not to eat they there's no confusion for them but they know how to defend themselves relatively speaking each each species has a defense mechanism relative as it is as it works to some extent um, they know how to mate when to mate when to sleep they got that all figured out now human life you'd think we'd have that figured out and we could do something more but we're confused about how to eat sleep mate defend more than the animals often seem mm-hmm. they're huge topics of confusion and debate and and uh, and so forth and we would say from our perspective that the reason that it's, that it's a confusion is because the um, the uh, those humans that are using their intelligence simply for pursuing those things are not using their intelligence for the something more that uh, it affords us the capacity to uh, to uh, take advantage of and ask as I often say why not how, how to eat, how to sleep, how to make out of him, but why, why am I? Hmm? That question does arise, and because we, and, and, and even if we do pursue it, but we don't pursue it in a systematic way, um, and inquire in such a place where we can get a, a, a comprehensive answer, the why question kind of lingers, and I don't know why I am, so I don't know what I am, and what I should eat, what I should not eat, and whether these have become, again, big, big issues, big concerns. If the why question is pursued, we would say fully, wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. um, then the problems of the questions of how will be resolved in the context of the why mm-hmm. question. But uh, and what the why question is is a qualitative question. It's not a quantitative question. Why am I? What is the purpose, the meaning, the value of my life? We don't find the lower species or the less complex species of life asking those value questions. They're asking, uh, or qualitative questions, they're asking quantitative questions. How to acquire so that they may uh, live, um, survive. So the qualitative question, why am I, value, meaning, purpose, it's not a question that's coming from nature, from our animal side, if you will. It's coming from the consciousness itself, which is where all value resides, right? Value resides in the subjective realm, because we attribute value to, to, to things which otherwise would not have value, right? We call this a house. It's just wood and whatever, glass and so forth and so on, but... Um, so, we 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 kind of uh, the value uh, is uh, is uh, and qualitative concerns come from consciousness. So only consciousness can answer those questions. Nature can't answer the questions. Nature may push us and give us negative impetus to where we can ask those questions. Hmm? Um, but they have to be asked, and they have to be asked in a place where you can get an, an- get an answer. Now, they are asked by some people. There are philosophers and thinkers, and everybody asks. Everybody has some existential crisis in their adolescence, uh, if not uh, later as well in these days, because it's uh, not all so fixed up as to what people should be and do and so forth as, as it was in the past. There are too many options and choices and, and so forth. So... Um, that can become um, a problem. Too many choices are thought to be many choices. The more choices, the more freedom. It's thought, but the more choices, it may be quite more the headache, the problem. Hmm? Um, so, at any rate, um, we uh, people do ask why they philosophize and so forth to some extent, but um, but in in modern uh, society. What happened in the West, um, in Western philosophy at a certain point, was that, that reason became unhinged from revelation, hmm? which was the, the biblical 
revelation. So then, uh, 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 there was kind of a divorce between faith and, and reason. And now you hear, you know, from, from the so-called rational sector, that faith is is, is an absence of, of reason. Hmm? But uh, you understand. Uh, but that's a misunderstanding uh, in our from our uh, point of view. Really, reason is most uh, beautiful and useful when it becomes an assistant to faith. And we can reason about the implications of revelation. That's called theology. What is the implication in time and circumstance and how far-reaching and it is and so forth. It's often sometimes said that religion just has these set of things that never change, and but science is always open to new things. But actually, that's not a proper understanding of, of the religious history of the world. Hmm? It's uh, uh, We're always open to new light, and we find it every time we open the, open the Gita, for example. Open the Chaitanya Charitamrita, begin to speak about it, write about it, think about it, and so forth. Hmm? Um, and we also acknowledge that the the, the natural world is changing and uh, um, constantly uh, revealing itself more as well. Hmm? So, at any rate, uh, while humans have intelligence, hmm, from our point of view, intelligence, mind, these are aspects of nature also. They are psychic matter. There's physical matter and psychic matter. So, as such, and I, well, as I explained earlier, nature cannot answer the value questions, the why questions. Hmm? So, therefore, intelligence unto itself can't come to the right answer. Hmm? It can't teach the Atma, which is asking the question because it's inferior to the Atma. Do you understand? Now, it could be used as a tool. This is the, the, the interesting thing about subtle psychic matter, is it has a quasi-subjective uh, nature. Because it's subtle enough that in proximity to consciousness itself, it can reflect consciousness and take on a consciousness-like the persona, if you will, and the false eye. False eye comes in there, the hunkar, hmm? right? Hmm? And the, the most today in the, in the philosophical and scientific community in the West, most people want to talk about consciousness. They're really talking about what we talk about when we refer to it as subtle matter, hmm? not the atma itself. And our understanding is that this atma, pure consciousness in proximity to the subtle matter which is not understood hmm, or even uh, acknowledged uh, today in science although there's some movement in that direction because they've tried to uh, reduce the atma or consciousness or even the, let's say the mind they try to reduce the mind to, to the physical brain but they're having difficulty doing that it is thought for a long time that consciousness only manifests in this very sophisticated and complicated human brain but now, of course, they're finding that consciousness is, is, in, is in animals and birds and insects. They don't have complicated brains compared to the human brain. So if consciousness is a product of the brain, they're looking for where it is in the brain exactly. You've got to be able to find it in, in, a, in, a, in a less complex brain, but they haven't. Hmm? So uh, there are many good and even better arguments and I've written some things about that as well as to why consciousness can't be reduced to the brain but that's our story of course that's the story of Vedanta um, the, or explanation of, 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 of everything the theory of everything um, as, uh, as per the sages and um, and so this uh, this subtle matter is is has the capacity, as I say, to reflect, if you like, the light, let's say, of consciousness and become a consciousness-like, subjective-like uh, phenomenon. Hmm? But because it derives its power, the subtle body, f 
from the proximity to Atma, it's inferior to Atma. This is mentioned in the Gita, of course. I believe at the end of the third chapter you have a verse like that, uh, describing a hierarchy. First there are the sense objects, and there are the senses. Indriyani parani hu indriyibya paramanaha. Then there's above the senses is the mind, and then the intellect, and then saha. There's him, it, the self. And it's categorically different from matter. It's categorically different from matter, and, and, and nonetheless it has the capacity to move matter by uh, uh, its proximity to it. And the way it does is, is it, it ref, it's, it's, its light is reflected on a subtle matter. Subtle matter then from it evolves the gross matter, the physical matter. So the point being here only what? That there are human beings who use their intelligence that animals, for example, birds and trees don't have hmm, uh, to pursue the why question. But when they unhinge the the questioning from revelation, then they're left only with intellect to figure out a problem hmm, that intellect is not sufficient to address. Because the problem is why am I? The problem is, 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 question is a problem here. Why am I? What is the purpose, my meaning of life? Hmm? And as I'm saying, where is this question coming from? Hmm? It's a qualitative question. Hmm? It's not coming from nature. Hmm? It's coming from consciousness itself. Value, purpose, meaning. Material matter only has only matters if it matters to us. And otherwise it doesn't matter. It doesn't have purpose. You understand? Under itself it doesn't have purpose, value, meaning. We are a unit of purpose. We're asking about ourselves. Hmm? And because this question is arising in consciousness, which is now in a human form of birth, where consciousness is coming to the fore more hmm? as it's coming to the fore to the forward more then this subtle body is is more developed obviously in the human species of life so the questions are coming hmm? and 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 we may use our intelligence to try to sort them out but we can't get a comprehensive answer from intellect alone because it is inferior in ontologically speaking, from that who's asking the question, the Atma. Hmm? So intelligence can't teach the Atma. If we ask with our intelligence, where's the soul? Where is God? And we insist that they reveal themselves and answer to intellect, hmm? that makes them have to report in to court and uh, they want to have a trial is there God is there consciousness the judge will be intellect well we're just not showing up God has no reason to show up in the court of the intellect the Atma has no reason to show up there hmm? yes intellect can shed some light Soak in a candle, but when the sun's out, it, it does, it's not very significant. Hmm? And, and that's the kind of knowing we need. We need a comprehensive knowing. And the intellect is constantly grasping, not constantly, but at least in human society, some people are exercising their intellect to know, to find a theory of everything, to understand the purpose, the meaning, and so forth. But the intellect unto itself is is limited. Hmm? And the, the, the proof is that no one's come up with a comprehensive answer. Now you could say, well, you don't have a comprehensive... We have a comprehensive answer. We do. Hmm? And we have results also implying the comprehensive answer. We have persons in our lineage, many of them, who have applied themselves accordingly and uh, let us we say they've answered 
through all the problems of life. Because if they become Krishna conscious, they've solved the economic problem, they've solved the uh, social issues, um, they have compassion for all people, that solves lots of problems. Hmm? Right? I mean, we could go into it further, but... Um, but the point is that that we are uh, saying that the Atma consciousness itself is asking the question, and consciousness is that I am. I often say, we think I am this or I am that. I'm American, I'm Indian, I'm man, I'm woman, I'm young or old, this or that. Hmm? But what we really are is that not I am this or that, but I am. Which is bigger, I am this or that, or I am? I am is way bigger than I am this or that, because all the this and that's will change, come and go. But the I am rem- remains. I think I'm this, I think I'm that. Now I think I'm this, now I think I'm that. The only thing that's constant is that I am. Hmm? That's a bigger, much bigger uh, reality than the this or that that I identified myself with. Hmm? So, when... Given that consciousness is asking the question, again, intellect is not sufficient to give the answer. So that's where revelation comes in. Hmm? So if we want perfect knowledge, we need a perfect method. Intellect is not a perfect method. And the proof is that that we're still going on with, with the intellect uh, trying to figure it out. And it's gotten so bad... Hmm? That uh, you have a, you have a philosophy, for example, of materialism, which constitutes consciousness denying itself, consciousness dismissing itself. I mean, we're supposed to listen to that. Consciousness is doing the speaking, hmm? and is doing the dismissing. Without consciousness, there is no dis- dismissal, but it's dismissing itself. And so we're supposed to debate with somebody about that. That I mean, about the nature of consciousness. Consciousness that you are an example of the other side, the atheistic, materialistic side. Consciousness dismissing itself. Hmm? We, we think you're confused for good reason. Hmm? But we can't find it in the brain. Hmm? Well, it's not in the brain. Well, where is it? It's in the in the example of the lives of sadhus. Hmm? Well, let's bring him into the lab, then. Hmm? No, <laughs> let's not. Let's bring you into the cave. <laughs> Sit you down and and have you still your mind, hmm? and undergo this uh, practice and so forth, which is all about validating that what we're talking about. That there's something called consciousness that actually exists. Is, it's an ontological uh, uh, reality that is uh, independent of the mind and the senses. And through yoga uh, and, spir- and genuine spiritual practice, we seek to demonstrate that. And as you can see, what it's about is withdrawing the senses, withdrawing the mind from sense objects and the identification that arises from that, which is one of need. The more with your senses and your mind you identify with the material phenomena, the more you have needs. Because you've identified with things that don't endure and you've got to protect them, you've got to maintain them, You've got to serve them, and so on and so forth. So that creates a world that's on the take. Not a giving world, not a world of love. Hmm? Uh, so everybody wants to love. So our, I think we, we're, 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 we're with you on that. So but we're saying love is about giving. As long as you've identified with a sense of self that is needy, how much can you love? Even psychologically, we teach that if you're too needy, don't try to get into a relationship. Hmm? These relationships aren't about just filling what you, you what your needs are, hmm? right? 
So we know these things. Modern society knows this, but we're taking it to another level. That there's there there's there is a self satisfaction in knowing the Atma to to be the self, independent as it is from the body and the mind. So spiritual practice is one of withdrawing from the senses, from sense objects, in a systematic way, and the mind, and uh, systematically uh, turning them inward. And the result is that this self comes out and we see it is relatively speaking, but but considerably less needy. When you find, for example, a sage who's been living in a cave for 30 years, has no needs, and is filled with with, uh, universal compassion, don't you think you've stumbled onto something very very interesting? Now, because the process, the method is difficult, despite the human uh, instrument, which is meant to be played, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, um, if you will, in, 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 you know, on this this tune, the tune of pursuit of self-realization. Uh, uh, yes, human life is for that, but it may take many human lives to perfect it, nonetheless. Uh, so the fact that this one person or a few, or the Buddha, uh, you know, the, the, the Jesus... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rumi, uh, uh, and this one, that, mystics, different traditions are there, but the fact that they're rare doesn't mean that we can dismiss them. Hmm. After all, the thing that we want, perfect knowledge, by which we can be perfectly happy, this is who said it would be easy to get? Perfections of other types, in sports, in, 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 uh, in uh, academia, and so forth, they're not easy. Hmm? You get the credentials and those type of perfections. So we're talking about an ultimate perfection. It must be dif- must be difficult to attain. Hmm? Huh? So we don't need a lot of examples. We only need we only need one, really. Hmm? And that person teaches by their example how to attain this. And yes, it may take some time. And so there there is a whole measured approach to it. I know it. Theoretically, I know it will take time. I shall log in like this. This will be my world view. This is human life. I'm not going to become enlightened tomorrow, but my world view is that such thing exists. It's possible. Hmm? And the qualities of it are such. We have examples and so forth. But they die too. Hmm? Yeah, right. That means the light bulb is going to go out, but not the electricity. You can unscrew the light bulb, but electricity is still there. But their, their example is very extraordinary. And I have also uh, written about this uh, to help, for example, take the subjective experience of the yogin, hmm, the mystic, and objectify it. How do we know what the yogi is experiencing? He says, I'm experiencing that I don't die, I'm eternal. Well, we think you're living in a fantasy of your subjective experience. How can we prove that objectively when we see the body is actually getting old and and uh, the last yogi died and uh, and so forth? Hmm? Well, if you if you if you insist on objective evidence of the supernatural, hmm? we have some for you. Hmm? What is that supernatural? It's supernatural to control the mind to control the senses to rise above lust that's supernatural right what human will not agree with that hmm? <laughs> and so if we find somebody that's done that maybe we should learn from them hmm? and telling instead of telling them what's what's actually happening to them because it we're looking on our computer, we're scanning your brain. You don't know what's actually happening. And you think you're eternal. But, but what's happened is this neuron is firing and this dopamine is coming out and, 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 and so on and so forth. And, and those things are happening too, right? In other words, <laughs> the brain is going to react in a certain way. Hmm? 
to the spiritual pursuit, but is which one is causing which? Is the brain causing the atma? Is the atma causing the brain? So it's uh, the, the atma arising, hmm, and it's going to play out in a certain way. We, that's a given. Physically, it's going to pr- play out physically. Hmm? But the su- substantial evidence is his or her self-mastery, if you will, over the animal passions. So we are humans, and humans are animals. We are thought to be superior to the animals because of intelligence. Hmm? But if intelligence is used just to be a big animal and stay in the, the, the fight for acquisition and the struggle for existence, are you really more than an animal? if that's all you're using your intellect for, hmm? for pursuing the same thing that animals are getting without the need of that that intellect. Maybe you get it, get it in a bigger way, a bigger meal or a bigger house, but it's basically fulfilling animal needs. Hmm? Now, if you want to say, yes, I should use my intellect again for spiritual, for higher purposes, for understanding the purpose of life, but if I divorce my intellect from revelation then I'm inhibited limited hmm? Hmm? and there are good examples of that I mean people have used their intellect for centuries divorced from revelation and uh, um, it gets so bad again as I say that uh, there's a sophisticated philosophy that constitutes no more than consciousness dismissing itself which is uh, uh, an absurdity, hmm? and so we not only are we theorizing again. We have examples of mystics. Yes, their bodies die. That's true, but they're living in them in a way that demonstrates what we would call being in the world, but not of it. They're not part of the struggle for existence. The struggle has ended for them. Hmm? We're living example. They are not struggling for existence, and they didn't like climb to the top by defeating everybody and fighting with them. They gave up fighting. They took a himsa instead. Hmm? They went inward, a softer approach, and as a result, they have they have universal compassion as well. Now, what can they do with it? They can just be an embodiment of it. Good to come in touch with. Maybe they can write about it and share it to some extent, too. They're so driven. Hmm? But it's not that the mystic living in the cave is some kind of cop-out or something like that. Hmm? No. He has universal compassion, also. Hmm? So... If we want perfect knowledge, we need a perfect method. The senses are not perfect for acquiring perfect knowledge. The mind is not, the intellect is not perfect. Hmm. So we have to have something beyond the intellect. That's what revelation is about. If we want perfect knowledge, we need a perfect method. This is the perfect method. Hmm. We are in imperfection. Out of imperfection, perfection will not manifest. Hmm. It has to descend. If it wants... If the infinite, if the finite wants to know the infinite, how will it know? Only if the infinite wants to show itself out of its infinite capacity, it can make itself known. Do you understand? Hmm? Finite cannot capture the infinite, but the infinite can allow itself to be captured out of its infinite capacity by the finite. Hmm? So this is what revelation is about. Then we use the mind and intellect to understand the implications of revelation, so it has its use, hmm? but this we call Shastra Yukti. This is using the intellect to understand the implications of and to further uh, support scriptural argument. Hmm? And we use it in a pragmatic way. It's not just armchair, kind of, to use Prabhupada's term philosophy, but we use the intellect to because the scriptures not only tell us we're an Atma, they tell us what to do. There's a, there's a corresponding what to do about it. Knowing this, you should act like this. So we use our intelligence to act in that way. 
to drive our, our sadhana to some extent, for example. Hmm? So, in this way, we 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 have uh, uh, used our intellect. We've taken advantage of something beyond intellect that can train the intellect. Now, and this is the subtle body again. It can work for for the animal side, or it can work for the spiritual side. So, mind could be trained. Intellect could be trained to be to be spiritualized, hmm? and then have a meaning, be a meaningful force in our spiritual uh, practice. So this um, uh, is a way then of, as I say, answering the human question: Why? That takes advantage of all the resources that are available to us. Hmm? We use our senses. We use our mind. We use our intellect. We use it in relation to, to revelation, to reason about its implications, and to uh, and to reason how we shall uh, apply ourselves to experience that which transcends the limits of intellect. So there's there's a there, there's a there's a uh, there's a method, if you will, to the madness of the of of, of the mystic. So human life hmm, affords us the opportunity to do this and to pursue this and in pursuing it well we become really the caretakers in a positive sense uh, care, caring for the rest of creation nature all species of life and, and so on so it's all built into to this uh, approach to answering the why question and what we've seen is those who have tried to answer the why question without scripture and thrown the scripture out hmm, misunderstanding it really uh, not adopting the method by which one can experience what others have and, are, and exemplify what could be a better teacher than, a, than an example of the mystics. They're so removed in one sense that people tend to dismiss, oh, well, you know, mystic, whatever. Hmm? They also think mystics, we don't want mysticism, we want reason. Hmm? But as I'm explaining, mysticism is not unreasonable. Hmm? It's an idea that there's something that picks up where reason leaves off. Mm. That's what we call faith. Faith is not unreasonable. But divine faith is something that we that we catch by association. Mm. And then we pursue it with our mind, intellect, our senses, fully, reasonably. Mm. So all this is available in human life uh, for humans to take advantage of. But pertinent to your question, relative to your question. Everybody doesn't do that, right? Not all humans do that. It's meant for that purpose, which means that it facilitates that purpose in the ways that I'm explaining, but that everybody doesn't take advantage of the things that they're given and even abuses them is something we also experience. And so in a big way, there is uh, an abuse of the of the human life. Hmm? And therefore, there are animal species, there are plant species, which are, constitute abuse of the human life. You abuse, let's say, let's say, for example, you've got a human birth. But all you're interested in is sex. You're just driven by by lust, and that's what you, you, everything you think about, and uh, all your jokes, and every way you look at the world, all is just covered with that. So, that's what you're all about. There are people like that, right? There are people like that. Well, the question comes then: Do you really are you are you is the human life most suited for that? There are other species of life that could have sex, you know, many, like pigeons, that they could have a hundred times, a, you know, an hour or something like that. Hey, check it out. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can try it. <laughs> there are other forms of life. Oh, there are people who just want to eat. We call them pigs. That guy's a pig. He's just completely driven by the tongue. That's, that's a, you'd be better off in, in, in a pig's life because in a pig's life, you can eat everything that the human eats in a concentrated form. Hmm? Because everything the human eats turns into human excrement. And pigs eat that. 
it's a rich life. <laughs> all the restaurants combined together, there they are, all on one plate. <laughs> all the taste. It's a very rich form of, of food and nutrition. So the point being, it's just simple, kind of funny examples, but the point is that, the, that, yes, human life is different from other species of life. Each species of life facilitates something. Hmm? And if we look at it in the way we are, we, I am now, they, they, they facilitate some drives of the humans. Hmm? Uh, humans want to, uh, you know, birds don't desire to swim to the bottom of the ocean and whales or fish at the bottom of the ocean don't desire to fly up, up into the sky. Hmm? But we do. We, we, we desire both, right? We want to fly in the sky, we want to go to the bottom of the ocean. Hmm? what's really happening there is that the atma is coming to the fore as I said in human life and it can go to the top of the sky it can go to the bottom of the ocean it's not limited hmm? it's, at, it's, its own possibilities are rising and with good help we can understand that's what the case is and then we don't have to just try to go to the sky or go to the bottom of the ocean by other ways uh, that are uh, can be uh, uh, less than the best use for perhaps of, uh, of our human uh, energy hmm? and um, so meanwhile again there are other forms of life that are just perfect for that they're just perfect for that hmm? and so we consider that they're they're the karma, if you will, of the human choices, which have to be there to, uh, uh, without which, I mean, and there are people who reason that, that there's no free will, there's no will, because they can't find it as a force moving things. Mm-hmm. They're physicalists, naturalists, and so forth. I mean, uh, it's kind of a silly uh, argument. Uh, and again, it's kind of a self-dismissal, self-denial. And then um, they want to reason and argue and by force of their will convince people that their argument is better. But the argument is that there is no such thing as will. So it, it's, again, it's a very silly kind of a uh, outlook. It's 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 we, it, these are examples. This kind of thing, examples of this intelligence just left unto itself, just to masturbate and 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 just rehash things over and over again to the point where I want. I started by wondering why do I exist, and I've concluded I don't. I don't exist. <laughs> okay. 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 So, (laughs) you know, consciousness cannot uh, be dismissed, as Shankar would say. Consciousness cannot be dismissed because dismissal is an act of consciousness itself. Do you understand? It's at the bottom. It underlies everything. So our view is to to uncover it. Hmm? And we have a systematic method, and we say that that here, look at here's a human being who's done this. He or she is like this. Very, he, he has he or she has solved the problems of life. Is no longer involved in the struggle. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. Hmm? They're not they're not part of the struggle. Hmm? Isn't that what we're trying to do? Solve the you know the struggle for existence and. Are we going to we're going to win by saying I'm a Russian, you're American, you know, I'm Chinese, and you're you know something else? We're going to fight it out, and you know, as sophisticated as the world is, is as crude as it's ever been. Same thing. So you know, it used to be with spears. So now they've got other weapons and national identities that uh, that are. uh, put one automatically at odds with with others so here the yogi and the, the spiritual practitioner 
uh, the adept really is an example of someone who's in the world but has ended the struggle so he's won so we, we draw on the examples and and yes um, the methodology yoga if you will or sadhana to attain that is not easy so we, we acknowledge that so what we're asking is that understand the world view and how positive it is hmm? the reason the reasoning of it and what would be the result of it hmm? if everybody had this kind of world view well that in itself would make the struggle uh, it would diminish the struggle considerably hmm? and then there are pragmatic ways which we can live within illusion hmm? that will help us to come out of it Hmm. You understand? Everyone can't go live in the, live in the uh, follow Haridas Thakur, for example, and chant 300 rounds a day and uh, live in a cave. So, this is what human life's for. And uh, we have good examples to uh, um, point to and a very age, ageless system. We uh, posit that consciousness is is underlying everything, and it can be uncovered, and you're a unit of it. And a method very central to the to the method of arriving at this is taking advantage of of of, uh, of revelation, hmm? sadhana sangha, shastra, and so forth. And you can find it in other shastras also. I mean, India is very sophisticated. It's the mother of all religion. I mean, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, from its, uh, uh, you know, from its uh, greeting, namaste, that, offer, that, that respects the Atma in all beings. I mean, how's that namaste? How's that for, you know, shake hands or say namaste? What, what is the difference in culture? It's huge. Hmm? From its namaste to to its to its ahimsa, by which it honors the underlot the consciousness in all in all beings, hmm? its uh, commitment to uh, to nonviolence. To uh, 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 I wrote something about this uh, just recently, actually. So to to what uh, to its. Uh, um, to its it's very, um, I want to say, very uh, detailed explanation of the afterlife. You're going to find that in, look, comparatively, from a religious point of view, what, what, is, the, what is the nature of transcendence? And to its method, Merton, for example, the Catholic monk, famous, who went to India to, to, to find, to, to bring the methodology for realizing the truths of the Bible, for example, the Christian truth of the, the nature of the, the inner world, the method he went hmm, to study the, the Hindus and the Buddhists, Buddhists being an outgrowth of, of Hinduism. Hmm. So from their namaste, the greeting, to their honoring of all beings, and ahimsa, to the method. Hmm. In other words, Christianity is a good religion, Catholic form of it in particular, I'd say, but but um, the kind of the, the the method is kind of um, more less defined, and, and and Merton's a good example. He went to India to import then from India or, or a method, and so you have some Christian meditation, and they and they. Uh, Still, the mind and contemplative. So, so, so. Anyway, from their greeting to their honoring of all beings, to their method, to their detailed explanation of the nature of transcendence and the possibilities there, this is a rich land and culture that belongs to all of us. It's on our planet. Hmm? That uh, that culture of Sanatan Dharma. Hmm? It's the perennial uh, philosophy to use, what's his name, Huxley's term. It's the perennial philosophy. 
that never goes away and it's found in all the great teachings hmm? and in India in, India, it's, in, in Hinduism it's, in Vedanta it's fully developed and there are different forms of Vedanta as well so it's rich rich Indian uh, uh, and India is not another country different from ours it's part of our planet <laughs> it's a certain place on our planet where they think like this, where these books come from. So, as other there, the Western revelation of of the Christ, for example, is invaluable. It is, or even the Mohammedans and so forth. But um, they played out differently, and they're different, uh, and they've the different measures of of revelation in different cultures and different places and so forth. Um, but. Uh, Um, anyway, such uh, uh, revealed uh, knowledge, the example of mystics, in human life we should take advantage of that. Uh, not everybody will, after all. How'd you get here? Well, if you came from animal life to here, you bring your animality with you. Now there's a chance to come from an animal to, from animality to humanity to spirituality. So uh, that's the task. Not everybody's up to it, so you can return back. You know, as I said, it's 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 like in probation. So if you violate the probation, back to jail, you go. Um, so that's our uh, <laughs> outlook, and uh, and it's not just empty words. So there's there's practice that goes with it. Um, and as I say, if people would embrace this type of worldview, then it would be world would be a much, much better place. Mm. Have a clear idea what human life is for. Then it's harder to abuse it, right? Does that help? Yeah. Okay. Sri Sri Gaurantananda Ki Jai Oh, Bhakta Vrindakita Gaur Premanande Gaur Premanande